0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios on Broad Street in downtown Rome, Georgia, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I'm Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio.
1: I'm Carly Parker with the Rome Floyd Chamber, and this morning we have on our podcast Mark Hunsaker and Lauren Weldon with Barry College, and Alan Miller with German Ornamental Iron, and Sarah Husser with Cancer Cancer Navigators. <laughs> Like the
0: Hello, everybody. How are we doing? We're actually Thank in you. front doing of a well. live crowd, guys. I <laughs> uh, wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, that's our fake studio audience. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for being here. We appreciate it. So um, let's just kind of go around the room and maybe give a minute or two little overview of your organization or business. And then we'll just kind of let the conversation flow where it flows. Let's start with Barry College. Yes. Hi, hi guys. How are y'all? Uh, doing well. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you being here. So, Barry College global brand. Tell us something we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you guys do specifically? You you help students?
2: Yeah, there's uh, so,
1: had... there's so much you can come from for Barry
3: College. <laughs> right. So
2: that's right. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, Lauren and I are representing the Center for Personal and Professional Development at Barry College, which is kind of the combination between um, what most schools would refer to as their career services department. So helping students figure out that next step. On their personal and professional journeys after college, uh, and the, our amazing one-of-a-kind student work program called LifeWorks, we have over ninety-five percent of students who work on campus uh, over four years at Barry, and uh, we promise them eight semesters of paid personal and professional development. And the major way that that happens is through working on campus. They work at every, in every department at all levels of the institution. It's pretty amazing.
1: Does this start like freshman year, like when they first like? Semester for semester, or is it like they have to come to you guys?
2: no we we actually will assign students jobs before they even get to campus. We do quite a bit of uh, of uh, assessments with them. We have them fill out the number of interest forms. We have supervisors submit jobs and what they're looking for, and then we match them up. and so uh, a student can opt out of that experience, but the vast majority of them, one of the reasons that they're choosing to come to Barrie is for the student work program and professional development. And so uh, the vast majority of them will take advantage of that.
0: Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that go back historically with Martha Berry, that the original. The kids worked the farmland and and in exchange for the education?
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And we refer to that as the Berry Compact that Martha made with those early students and continues to this day, which is uh, she'll invest in them and they invest back in the college. And it's a a mutually beneficial
0: arrangement. Okay, great. Uh, Well, we'll circle back around. Certainly, let's say hello to Sarah with Cancer Navigators. Hi, Sarah. Hey,
5: how are you? I'm
0: good. Welcome back.
5: Thank you so much. You're
0: you're a veteran of the old podcast here.
5: (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) Uh,
0: So uh, for those who may not have heard before, Cancer Navigators, what you do is write in the name. But but please explain that in greater detail for people.
5: Yes, Cancer Navigators provides free resources and services to cancer patients in northwest Georgia and in northeast Alabama. And so we have been serving about 1,500 patients a year, and we provide a variety of services. We have a counselor on staff to provide free counseling to patients as well as caregivers. Um, We help with transportation with gas cards and bus vouchers to get patients back and forth to treatments. We do the liquid nutrition to help patients in active treatment get their nutrients and And then we also do support group retreats, and we're there. It's the mind, body, and spirit. Um, We are there to help bridge the gap between the healthcare community and the patient and try to provide that relief and support they need, um, as well as give them the opportunity to fight and increase their chances of survival.
0: And so literally, you're helping them navigate just about any obstacle. Absolutely. Uh, That's the name Cancer Navigators. So that's obviously a traumatic time for people. So if you could touch on that and, and the fulfillment you guys get from being involved.
5: Yes. Well, cancer is difficult in the best circumstances. And um, whenever you are struggling financially, or you do not have a support system, um, it's devastating. Um, We have patients that come in and really think it's hopeless. Um, They've got that diagnosis, and they think there's no way they're going to be able to fight because they can't get a treatment. And they're just not going to be able to to continue. And so um, it is rewarding. It's an absolute blessing every day um, to get to see um, these people and how appreciative they are. When you hand somebody a case of nutrition and they're teary-eyed and can't believe wow. that others care about them. Um, it's overwhelming. And so I have to, you know, thank our supporters for giving our staff the opportunity to witness this kindness and to, and to get to see the good in the world every day.
0: Right. You always have a smile on your face as you talk <laughs> about cancer now, you know, always smiling. So obviously some personal fulfillment there as well.
5: Absolutely. Huh? Yes.
0: Um, okay. Well, we'll circle back around. Uh, hi, Alan. How are you?
4: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: You're with a German Ornamental Iron. I went to your website. So the only thing I'm trying to figure out is out after this, is there any way I can get like... The gates of Graceland at my house, you know, with like <laughs> the, with the Elvis
4: silhouette, and well, I guess we will have to ride up and you know with a torch and cut his down and just transplant <laughs> him. At <out>. least <laughs> you know, Marie might have a problem with that. Um, distract him, I'll do the work. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, 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 tell us about what you guys do. There's a lot of a lot of pictures on your website. Beautiful work,
4: right? So we do custom iron work. Uh, we do a lot of handrails and gates and wrought iron fence. And uh, I'm the Third generation now to to take this up. Um, it was brought over uh, from Germany in the fifties, and I learned from my uncle. And about two years ago, we wound up with two shops. I had been working at Huther's Ornamental Iron, which is my uncle's business, and uh, he said, "Hey, why don't I run this shop and you run the other one?" And so we decided to call my shop German Ornamental Iron uh, because that was the name of his dad's shop. So we just have continued on and, uh, that's where we're at.
0: So you guys are the go-to for this type of stuff around here, I guess, huh?
4: We are. We're pretty well established around here. <laughs>
0: um, so just, you, you mentioned the variety of things you do, but like how custom can you make things and
4: just anything, anything anybody if can you, envision? Yeah. If you just have an idea, if you saw something on Pinterest, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you just bring it to me and I'll, you know, I'll tell you, look, matter of fact, there was one occasion where I had a lady who saw a gate on Pinterest and, uh. She was showing us and I'm like, that's my gate. That's <laughs> that's right now. Yeah, I can build that. Because <laughs> I've already done it once. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: um, so what, what are there some interesting stories about people's needs and, and how they use you to fill a need, not just artistically, but just need-wise? Right.
4: So yeah, there is definitely a functional side. So, you know, if you've got, there's two steps going up into your garage and you need to get a rail up so your grandma can come in for Thanksgiving, you know, that you definitely call us. We'll you we'll get you sorted out. Um or if you've got a grand staircase in the entrance of your house, um, you know, we do that sort of stuff too. I just finished one in Calhoun. It's huge. But uh and then we also do some of the historic stuff around town. So
0: Oh, it's like what?
4: Uh well the latest thing we did I wouldn't say the latest thing. Um we did the fence and the gates on the uh, the old mill in Lindell. Okay. Um, actually, Johnny Houston from on donated the rails on the viewing platform for the train station in Lindell. Um, some of the other things that have been around for a long time are the old entrance gates at Barry College, <laughs> uh, as well as at Darlington School. So you know, gotcha. Oh, and the uh, rails around the clock tower up here. We're oh yeah that, okay so, yeah. and
0: you're based in Lindale We are yes. yeah
4: okay um all right well let's well, ju- I was
1: going to ask how long does it take you to learn that craft
4: years to I mean to do it properly yeah so yeah so I started out with like an old school apprenticeship and um I was, uh, started it every day after school and stuff when I was about 14
1: and so did your uncle just now decide like you're finally ready to be out on your own? <laughs> yeah, I
4: think it was a combination of, you know, circumstance. Like I'd been doing the work for a long time, but uh, uh, we just wound up with two shops and, you know, there was no sense in leaving one vacant.
2: Now, did you have a choice in the matter uh, <laughs> uh, that you were going to take? Not really. Up it was kind work?
4: of like you. <laughs> Here's a shop. Go out and be somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you trying to advise him and counsel him do something else? <laughs> I'm just trying
0: to yeah, it's a, get the journey. It's, yeah. 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 Are you naturally artistic? Is it is it an artistic thing or is it a metal yeah. thing or what, what what's the attraction?
4: Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it's just functional handrails, it, you know, when you're working on that kind of stuff, it can be a little bit monotonous. But then occasionally you get to show out and really. <laughs> You know, show, show some artistic flair,
0: like when I ask you to read to duplicate the gates of Graceland, which we'll we'll talk about later. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Although there's probably trademark, I, I don't know. But that, that, when you said when you see something on Pinterest, bring it to us, and yeah. um, that's funny. Um, so, okay, Barry College folks, He's, he, your gates. <laughs> so there's already a connection in the room. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, Lauren, what is what is your job uh, at Barry?
3: Yeah, so I'm the Associate Director of Employer Engagement, so anything to do with hiring Barry students or attending events, such as our upcoming Career Expo, which is in January, I'm the person for that, and I'm also the career consultant for the School of Business, so I work a lot with accounting, finance, marketing, management students as well.
0: Okay, uh, you touched on this earlier, but like, what are the various jobs that the students can do uh, on campus?
3: Really anything. When I was a student worker, I was placed in our office as a office manager, and so that's how I had a connection to our group. But I also did things like working with beehives and chickens, and I wrote for the Berry Magazine a little bit. So students can do something that's directly relevant to their major, and then also explore things in a safe environment where their supervisors know they're a student first, and they just want hands-on experience.
0: So Mark, what is what is your background? Uh, and how did, you, how did you chart your path to help others chart their paths?
2: <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So um, this is actually my third career. Uh, okay. I started off in ministry. I did campus ministry for almost a decade. And then- uh, made, at, at, at Barry? No, not, yeah. not at Barry. No, okay. I was uh, in the Midwest, in yeah. St. Louis. And um, then I uh, jumped into the family business, Right. Uh, similar to, to you, Alan. And that family business is uh, outdoor lighting in Augusta, Georgia. And so uh, did that director of marketing and and helped install some lighting and all that kind of stuff for a couple of years. And then uh, jumped into higher ed and been doing this for almost a decade as well. And most recently coming from Michigan State University. So a very different place. Than Barry College, but Barry College definitely feels more like home to me. So
0: yeah, that's that Big Ten country. That's right. Yeah, uh, yep. they think they play good football up there, but we know better,
1: right? <laughs> that's the only thing mean you can agree on.
0: I will say
2: this: uh, I, I did my undergrad at University of South Carolina, so I am SEC all the way. But I'm not the same SEC as you two. So. <laughs>
0: well, you guys are really good now. The last month or two, you've, you've yeah. t- t- um, As of this taping, who knows what the Future hold. Yeah, three um, decades. It only uh, took three
1: decades to get a good <laughs> half a season. <laughs> uh, three decades. I just what? really hope it's not going to be like that for all. <laughs> <Well. laughs> um, going back to the Barry, you're getting us sidetracked, Roger. Um, so you're going to have to g- connect the dots a little bit more about from the family business to here because I feel like that's a drastic change in careers.
2: Yeah. So uh, really what happened was, uh, you know, ministry was my first career. It was my calling. And I did that for 10 years, and I loved it. Um, But as a campus minister, the more that I got promoted in the church that I worked at, the more that I was pulled away from the campus. And so when I decided to make a change, uh, we'd been living in St. Louis, and all of our family is down here. And so we just moved back home for two years. We just had a kid. We just had a baby. I needed to prep to go to do doctoral work and figure out where I was going to go. And so we just took a, you know, a year to come home and, and do that. And then found the right program in Michigan, moved up there for six, seven, eight years, and was glad to come back. So something warmer. Yeah, for sure. that's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah. Lauren, uh, so you went to Barrie. Are, are you from Rome? Where are you from?
3: No, so I'm not from Rome, but my grandfather is from Lookout Mountain, and he was one of Martha Berry's high school students. So we were in the military, but I always knew I wanted to come to Berry. So my grandfather, dad, and older brother all went there, and I got to be at Berry when my brother was there. So lots of fun family memories and just history about Berry. It was the only school I applied to.
0: Wow, good for you. So not only did you go there, but you worked there. So so you you obviously loved it. Yes. So what do you tell people about Barry uh, and and your your connection to it and your love of it?
3: I normally will tell people that if you like Harry Potter, it kind of (laughs) looks like that first. Um, And then I tell them that... Now you can add Stranger Things, too. uh, Yeah, Stranger (laughs) Things. So to me, Barry is just kind of a unique experience. Um, It is a place that people can... Have fun and be mentored and make really good connections and also be kind of in the environment. So if you want to go to an urban school, Barry is maybe not right for you, but almost any other reason to go to school, you can find it at Barry.
0: Yeah, and it's picturesque. Yes.
3: Uh, do you feel like a lot of
1: students have a hard time leaving Barry after like coming there? Because I feel like the it's just like a good, it's a positive cycle. Honestly, you get in, you stay there, you work there, and now you've continued to work there. So do you have kind of people who are like, no, 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 we, we're, you're ready to move from the nest now.
3: <laughs> right. I think there's a good mix. I know my brother, he was so sad to have to leave Barry when he graduated um, for me, my senior year exams was enough to make me want to head out for a bit. So I did work at Kennesaw State for two years and was a career consultant there. And I love higher ed in general, but Barry definitely is my favorite. And I wanted to come back because I think our approach to students and how we foster personal and professional development is just something that's really unique and special. So you can really customize your own experience at Barry.
1: Is there a different program for like the masters, like people that are getting masters or doctorates at Barry? Like, is there still a work program kind of like that?
3: In a way, yes. So, right now, I'm in the MBA program at Barry, and all of my classmates, most of them are grad assistants or just community members that are taking night classes. So, there's a good mix of people who are coming straight out of undergrad and people who have worked in industry for a little while. We have a doctor in our MBA program right now. Um, she's a pediatrician, and that's really cool to get her insight.
0: Okay. Uh, let's say hello to Sarah again. Um <laughs> And and I love the I love the cocktail party without the cocktails because we just kind of bounce around and love, learn so much about so many things. Sarah, what what is your personal background like business wise? How did you end up at Cancer Navigators?
5: Well, I went to the University of Georgia, so go, go dogs, go, go dogs. Graduated from there with a d- degree in um, public relations, and then I actually was in the chamber world. I have. I have worked for two chambers and spent almost a decade in the chamber world. So um, I um, worked for a chamber out of college, and then uh, whenever I was getting married in 2009, I moved to Rome. And, of course, not a great time in the economy, and so was um, looking around, and that's when I started working for multiple nonprofits here. I started planning events, and... um, the very first event I planned actually benefited cancer navigators, and so then years later, um, after I had had my children i I was just doing some part time work and then when they both started school, this position opened up and so it was a perfect time for me to um, to to be in an office in, on a more full time basis
0: so like how do you spend your day are you are you fundraising or are you Getting I, the word out with a PR background. <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, my my title is fundraising and community outreach. Um, but we are a small staff. We're a staff of four, and so I do that. We have an office coordinator, and then we have two licensed clinical social workers who are the ones that are meeting with patients. One's the counselor, and the other is helping with the resources and helping with um, paperwork. You know, social security. We try to help with with all of that. And um, so I really do anything. Um, I've I've been very fortunate. I have a lot of um, contact with the patients. Um, If our office coordinator is helping someone and somebody calls or comes in, I'm the next in line to help them. But then I'm also out in the community able to um, see our supporters. And so I get to see really both sides. I get to see the patients as well as those who um, are supporting us and want to help our patients.
0: Now, is this a purely local organization or is it a uh, tied into anything national
5: it is not tied into anything national we get um calls and emails from actually all over the world um because um there are not um, organizations like this now some hospitals and cancer centers do some of the the services that we provide but um we are actually very rare i talk to people in nevada um just all over who are wanting to start organizations like this because they've seen the need and um, how cancer patients, you know, need that assistance. It's so expensive um, that even we have, we have patients who have worked all their life, they've retired, and then they've got this cancer diagnosis or both our husband and wife are diagnosed with cancer or mother, son, you know, we see that. And so um, they, they need a little help um, through the process. Can I ask, Like, so since it's local, who started it, how did it start, when did it start? It started in 2006. This is the 16th year, and um, Dr. Matt Mumber, a radiation oncologist, is who founded Cancer Navigators, as well as members of the healthcare community. So they um, all got together and um, tried to, um, you know, come up with with what the problem was at that time, there wasn't a cancer center. So patients were really being sent all over for doctor's appointments. And they were very confused about where to go. And so um, the, this group of really a, a lot of people from the healthcare community got together and founded Cancer Navigators.
1: And do doctors, nurses, like do they donate their time to you guys? Or how does that kind of
5: work? So we are, um, our board has um, radiation oncologists, medical oncologists. Um, we have um, nurses. We have a lot of healthcare representatives on our board of directors. And then um, we're extremely fortunate that we are affiliated w- affiliated with Atrium Health Floyd. And so they pay for three of our f- four staff positions, as well as we are on the third floor of the cancer center with the breast center. And so um, all of our our overhead, our um, office space is provided to us. Wow, that's awesome. Unbelievable. <laughs> yes. As as someone who has worked in the nonprofit world, this it is truly an unbelievable situation.
0: Wow. And a great template for other places that have re- reached out to you to, you know, how can we do this too? Yes. Um, so I'd be curious if anybody like comes to visit and learn more, or do they just reach out by phone or?
5: They reach out. Most of them are at a good distance. So yeah. they've reached out by phone. And of course with COVID um, happening oh, now, yeah. the outreach has really started. And um, so that may happen. And I have to give a shout out to Barry because now we are able to have volunteers again. And so we have gotten some great, Volunteers from Barry um, since school started back, and so it, it's exciting to be able to, to bring those volunteers back in to see the work we do and get involved and also decide their career path. So do you have any big fundraisers that are coming up right now? Yes, we do. Um, starting next Tuesday, November 1st, first is our annual wreath fundraiser. We'll have a sale going on at the Cancer Center in the lobby and on the third floor, and people can come in and this, just buy right then and there the, the wreaths that are there. Then we'll also have um, wreaths for auction for silent bid over at Atrium Health Floyd Medical Center um, across from the gift shop in the Wright Art Gallery. They will hang there from November 1st, to noon, November 18th. And then those with the highest bid will be called on November 18th and they can come and get their their wreath. So, um, and the public is invited to go in and bid. They just have to wear a mask because masks are still required.
0: <laughs> so what, what, what do you... That's one fundraiser. What do you need year-round? Do you need volunteers? Do you need dollars? Do you need, what do you need?
5: We need it all. Um, <laughs> we, we definitely can use volunteers, um, the the monetary support, because since our overhead is taken care of, all the money we raise go, goes directly to our patients. It's direct patient care into our programs. And so the more money we raise, the more assistance we can provide, the more we can assist with the gas cards, the counseling sessions, the nutrition. And um, so that is very helpful. We also take, income supplies. So we have a lot of people um, if they've, they finish their cancer journey and they have items left over like their wigs or they may have the nutrition um, adult diapers they will come and donate those things and um, they are very helpful um, to our patients um, because all of that, those expenses add up and so we're able to pass them along and um, they, it makes the, those that have finished the journey feel good and it's kind of therapeutic for them and then is a blessing to those patients who need it.
1: Do you feel like that people that have gone through Cancer Navigators and maybe have recovered or in remission come back to you guys and want to volunteer?
5: They do, yes. We actually have a cancer patient who's going through the volunteer process right now. And then um, they also, we have a lot that will come and buy a wreath or the, the, they want to give back. When they're when they're done, um, they want to be able to give back and help other cancer patients. So it's it's wonderful to see.
0: Yeah. And there's the smile again. Uh, So, okay. Um, Alan with German ornamental iron. I did want to ask you typical customer. What's the process for them? You said, you said earlier, somebody can bring you a picture on Pinterest, but they call, do you go out to their place and look at what their needs and do you custom a bid or how how does all that work? If somebody calls you just out of the blue,
4: it is, they just, you know, just call me up and we'll set up a time and I'll come to you and we'll look at what you've got if you know exactly what you want that's fine i can go ahead and give you a price right away uh if you want some input we'll sit down and we'll design stuff until you like it and uh, then it'll just go from there and then i'll give you uh you know an, an estimate on when we'll install it and it's pretty simple straightforward
1: did you feel like uh covid i know like the supply chain was all messed up did that affect you
4: the biggest way the COVID supply chain issues affected us was with paint. We had an enormous problem getting paint for some reason. <laughs> and we still are. Um which was kind of ironic, I guess, because business actually went up. Everybody was at home and they decided, Hey, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, fix to everything my house. that they've been right, wanting exactly. to <laughs> Yeah, so we had all this extra work and then couldn't get paint for it. So that <laughs> that was a little bit of an issue we had to work so around. So have you caught
1: up from it now?
4: I am still waiting on Sherwin-Williams to be properly stocked with them. I've been waiting for two months at this point. um, But they're having supply chain issues as well, so... You know, you got to be understanding, right?
1: Yeah. So are you a one man show and like you and your uncle kind of work together or?
4: So it's, it's me and my helper at my shop and him and his helper at his shop. And if we need some extra muscle, we'll call some extra guys in. <laughs> some extra uh, muscle. <laughs> yeah. Or if there's a big project, we'll, you know, work together. Um, but in general, he does his thing. I do my thing. And uh,
1: so is your helper like wanting to open up his own shop like you were one day?
4: no i don't think is.
1: <laughs> so it's not like an apprentice it's really just
4: for no, you i, to help I you. hope one day we'll be uh, you know i can take somebody on who uh, will continue it. it probably won't be my children because i have two girls <laughs> 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 i mean they might but uh, we'll see how it goes
0: What? Well, how long is the typical process customer comes in they need they need driveway gates or wrought iron you know handrail or something uh, like how backed up are you is that something that would take a week or a month or six so, months or? yeah
4: so it could take uh as little as two weeks yeah. or you know the busy seasons typically in the middle of summer and that you know it could be two months but i'll let you know up front hey it's going to be this long before i can start on you and uh, i try and keep people in the loop
0: why is that the busy season? Just
4: because I that's think when people, people like to see me suffer, and sweat. <laughs> uh, I really don't know why the summer is so busy, but it always is.
0: Is it just people looking at their yard and thinking, or you know, I, like you talked about, it, people being home with COVID? Yeah. Well, let me get this house project done. Yeah. In the spring and summer, they think, "Hey, we need to do that, right?"
4: Yeah, it must be.
0: Um, well, yes, yeah, because um, we have had the variety of businesses that we've had on this podcast over the year. Some are seasonal. You know, and then another interesting thing I like asking about backgrounds is because you were born into it. You 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 mentioned you had three careers, Um, you bounced around a little bit. That's just interesting to me. About uh, I read a survey several years ago. Most people through the course of their life have five jobs slash careers. You know, but some people out of the gate do the same thing the whole time. Um, so it's, it's just kind of, and some people are, are local and some people have moved to our fine city and they have fallen in love with it. So because of attractions like Barry college, right? (laughs) Oh, uh, have y'all been in any movies? (laughs) (laughs) No.
3: (laughs) My brother was in one. I forgot what it was called, but I think it had Kevin Bacon in it.
0: Well, that's a lot of movies. <laughs> we, we, but for those listening, Barry College is a very famous, uh, it's very beautiful and scenic. So uh, as the, the movie industry in Rome, Georgia, has in the state of Georgia has grown, Barry College and Rome have featured prominently. And uh, like, remember the Titans, I believe was partially filmed there. And y'all could probably list some others or yep. am I putting you on the spot?
2: Stranger Things, Sweet Home Alabama. And just because I haven't been in a movie yet doesn't mean that I'm not interested. So if any <laughs> casting directors are listening, listening, listening if you're looking for a you know mid 40 year old guy
0: average joe uh all right so just what are just as we kind of come around the room here for some final thoughts what are maybe some of your 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 biggest words of wisdom that you give to these these kids as they try to you know plan their futures beyond barry Well, let's get, let's get philosophical. Sure, sure.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, you, you, you brought up a good point about, you know, the fact that we're going to end up doing lots of different things over the course of our lifetime. Some things that we've planned on, some things that we've thought about and some things that we haven't, right? Life rarely unfolds in the ways that we think it will, especially when we're 18 and 22 years old, right? Yeah.
0: Like at 15, I knew I was going to win the Heisman trophy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Didn't happen. I'm curious,
2: anyone in the room doing what they thought they would be doing at 18 years old?
5: Uh, I stayed Maybe in public me. relations. I, <laughs> okay. I, I did go to Georgia in public relations and have remained in that.
0: Okay. That's big. That PR is a big broad <laughs> That's thing. That's why I yeah. chose it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, you are. Well, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. yeah
4: when I was uh, 19, I decided to go to college. So I did that and then came back and then found a job working in a lab for a little while. And... Uh, How did you know this really sucks? (laughs) (laughs) So I went back to my first love, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Well, And sometimes that happens, right?
2: Uh, So the average number of jobs that a person will have before retirement as of today, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics is 10 to 14.
0: Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm
2: on my 11th significant job since college third career. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that we constantly are trying to communicate to students is you don't have to have it all figured out right now. In fact, you can't, and that's okay Because we're going to equip you with a set of skills, wayfinding skills, as we call them, to figure out your way forward when you don't know where your end destination is. Uh, We're going to equip you with a sense of identity and purpose and direction for life that's going to help you navigate a career landscape that's going to be constantly changing. Whether it's artificial intelligence or automation or gig economy or events like a global pandemic that are going to turn the world upside down and eliminate some jobs and create new ones having that sense of purpose and direction and those skills are going to be far more beneficial than knowing this is exactly what my life's going to look like in 20 years. Cause none of us can tell.
1: Do you feel like the skills you have to teach are different from like even 10 years ago? Oh yes,
2: absolutely. So
1: how do y'all adapt to that? Like, is it solely like soft skills that a lot of people are struggling with nowadays? Like being very interactive. I, I think are um, director of workforce, Alex says in high school teachers are saying kind of that students really don't have like soft skills anymore.
2: Well, I, I would say some of those soft skills, uh, took a hit during, uh, you know, the COVID lockdown. So, I mean, you think about things like communication, you know, verbal written communication, uh, the ability to work well on a team, lead people in projects. I mean, those things, if we get out of practice of those, any of us are not going to be great at them anymore. So, Uh, those skill sets though are extremely important and they will continue to be important because they apply to each and every job, right? Not if just if you're a radio host or an iron worker, I mean, everybody needs to know leadership skills. Everybody needs to know how to communicate well. And so, uh, those are important, but also having a depth of knowledge and expertise in an area is equally important. So having a broad skill set with also some depth that will end up taking you really far in life. And so we try to emphasize both of those. Barry students get academic, deep academic knowledge. They get deep professional knowledge, and they develop a broad skill set in each and every job they're in. And so um, that, that's a way that we're trying to prepare them. But we also teach them other things, like uh, mindsets around the very things that we're talking about. Hey, life isn't going to always go according to plan A. And so we teach them ways of of what we call parallel planning, thinking of multiple ways that your life could unfold and be happy and just teaching them to learn to roll with the inevitabilities of a uh, changing world that they're that
4: they're moving into. So is this like a class or do you teach it like outside of school? To
2: Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> it's both okay. both. Yeah. Okay. We do teach classes. Um, I'm a big proponent of life design which is applying design thinking. So innovation principles around design thinking to create new products and services that don't yet exist and applying that to figuring out what you want to do with your life. And so that's a whole movement and in higher ed. And so we've been uh, building that into the Barry experience, whether through classes or even through the LifeWorks program, student work experience, all that kind of stuff. We, We really try to make it as seamless as possible for students to where they're not just getting it in one area,
4: but they're getting it all throughout their, their time here. I know when I was a student, you would have had to make me take a class. To, <laughs> yeah. You know. And hope you showed yeah, up. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it
2: even happens with uh, appointments through career consultants like Lauren uh, when she meets with the Campbell School of Business students. I mean, she's helping them think through those very things.
3: And I always try to encourage students to start early with our office. Sometimes they put pressure on themselves that, they shouldn't come see us until they really have an idea of what they're doing, but the more flexibility they can build in for themselves, the better. So coming to networking events, even as freshmen, just to see who's out there and what the employers are saying that they're looking for can give them time to prepare instead of waiting till spring semester, senior year to come meet us for the first time.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I bet you guys have seen an evolution Even over just a few years' time, generations change, attitudes change. Technology certainly changes because kids now are dealing with so much more Just input coming into their brains from all kinds of sources of social media and what have you that we I never had to deal with, so you know some of y'all did. (laughs) Um, But just the attitudes changing, you know. I I had heard somebody uh, I had a niece the other day talking about a gap year, and I'm like, a gap year? Are you kidding me? (laughs) What the hell is a gap year? (laughs) But apparently it's a thing. (laughs) So uh, anyway, I I get to be the old middle aged man in the room, and um, and and just. But I just—I would imagine that's a unique thing that you guys see from your perspective. Uh, But at at the core, human beings are just human beings trying to navigate life, right?
2: Absolutely. And as Lauren said, uh, there's nothing that is a good substitute for experience. Yeah. And so I always tell students, trying to figure out what you want to do with your life is kind of like riding a bike. You can't do it standing still. You can't learn to balance. You can't do it without falling over a little bit, trying some things that work and some things that don't. And you can't do it on your own. And so um, that's what we're here for.
0: All right, well, let's get some contact information to see how people can connect with all of you on your Facebook, your your social media, your website, phone number, what have you. Um, Alan, let's start with you. How can people do business with you guys?
4: Uh, the easiest way to contact me is through phone, uh, 706-728-7006. Uh, but you can also contact us through Facebook or, you
0: know. What's your website?
4: Uh, GermanOrnamentalIron.com.
0: There we go. Um, Okay, Sarah with Cancer Navigators, how can people connect with you guys?
5: Well, we are located on the third floor of the Harbin Clinic Cancer Center, and we're open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, so you're welcome to drop in. Our phone number is 706-509-5040. We're on Facebook, and our website is CancerNavigatorsGA.org.
0: Beautiful. Uh, Barry College folks, how can people connect maybe with you guys specifically and, and just with the campus in general?
2: Sure. Uh, so the campus in general, barry.edu, uh, you'll get to see beautiful pictures of a beautiful campus. And then for our office, it's slash PPD, barry.edu slash PPD, or you can follow us, Barry C-P-P-D, center for personal professional development on Instagram, Facebook, whatnot.
0: Are you a TikToker?
2: I am not a TikToker. <laughs> <laughs> I know better.
0: <laughs> uh, Carly, are you a TikToker?
2: No.
1: You keep keep thinking
0: that. Uh, Okay, final thoughts from the chamber, Carly.
1: Um, Just thank you guys for being on the podcast. We always love learning about different organizations, different small businesses, always and trying to get them connected to the Rome Floyd area. Um, Everyone come to the business expo Thursday, November 3rd. That's next week. I cannot believe we're already here. I feel like we've been talking about it for quite some time now. It is open to the public. It's $5 uh, general admission. There's going to be lots of different vendors, food, hospitals, manufacturers, It's going to be great to kind of see that come back from COVID finally and kind of get that more involved in the community. So and then if anyone's listening that are members and want to need anything from the chamber, please reach out to us. We love being a resource. Um, You can see us at com, and or email me at kparker at com as well.
0: Okay, and before we go, Sarah, one more time, your wreath sale, uh, details on the wreath sale?
5: Yes, it starts Tuesday, November 1st. We'll run until all wreaths are sold, and then the auction portion is November 1st through November 18th.
0: Okay, great. Thanks, everybody, for being here. You've been listening to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. We broadcast from the Hardy Realty Studios on Broad Street in downtown Rome, Georgia, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thank you so much for listening.